welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 3, Episode 3 in the Book of Colossians, a letter written by Paul to the church in Colossae. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this episode, in Chapter 1 of Colossians, we continue the thought of Paul's prayer for the Colossian church in a hymn to Christ that explains who Christ is and what he has accomplished. You want to know who Christ is? Stay tuned. All right, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He, we're talking about Christ here, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. All right, back to verse 15. These, again, are some of my favorite verses of Scripture. Verse 15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So let's answer this question. Who is Jesus? Well, one, as Paul states, he is the image of the invisible God. Two, he is the firstborn over all creation. So what does that mean? Well, in the Greek world, the word image, icon, same word where we get that today, could have two meanings being representation, being a symbol or a representation of the subject, such like an image in a mirror or a surface of a coin. In this respect, Paul was stating that Jesus exactly symbolized God. The second element of icon is manifestation. So we have an image, now we have manifestation. This is much more than a symbol. It was the actual presence of the object. J.B. Phillips translates this as visible image of God. This means that Jesus manifested God in the flesh. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Richard Mellick writes, Christ, the invisible God, became visible. He shared the same substance as God and made God's character known in this earthly sphere of existence. Throughout the Old Testament, created images of God were forbidden. God says you can't do that. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 4, it says, Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above, or on the earth below, or in the waters under the earth. You must not bow down to them, or worship them, 
For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the father's sin to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. But Jesus was unique in that he was the absolute representation of God and man. God was present wherever Jesus was present. In the second half of this verse, it states that Jesus was the firstborn over all creation. Firstborn in Greek comes from the word prototokos, to bring forth or to be first, be first in the order of time. In this case, this is rank as first above all creation. All creation itself is now subject to the birthright to the firstborn of God. He was not created. Jesus was not created. He existed. He was not part of creation and is distinguished from creation as being the firstborn. He is firstborn being preeminent over creation. So Jesus manifests God to us and reveals God to us. He is prominent over creation because, verse 16, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Creation came through Jesus Christ. God was the architect, and Christ Jesus brought that plan into existence. Creation exists through Christ Jesus. Created order was through Christ's power and authority. Creation exists to display the very glory of Jesus Christ. We see that in the grandest things on earth and the smallest of visible things. This includes the obvious visible world, but also includes an invisible one. Well, what is that? Well, that is the spiritual world at work around us that we cannot see. These, both the seen and unseen, were created through the creative acts of of Jesus Christ. John gives us that meaning in John 1 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. Life was in Him, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. Thrones, dominions, rulers, and authorities are all subject to Jesus. The preeminence of Christ was the clear message of Paul to these Colossians and to us today. This would address those who placed false worship on other created things. All of these were created by Christ and now subject to him and conquered by the power of the cross. Verse 17 he is before all things, and by him all things hold together. Before creation, Christ existed, just as John states in John 1, 1. Not only is he, was he before all things and created all things, but he still maintains the order in creation today. All things hold together, continue, and endure because of Christ. Verse 18, he 
is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Jesus is not only the creator and sustainer, but the redeemer. He is the head of the church. The church is the body of Christ. That's not a physical building. The church is the body of believers. Therefore, the head of the body of believers is Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. The current earthly visible body of Christ is the church. The current earthly visible body of Christ is the church being the body of believers. He is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. Christ conquered death in his resurrection, therefore becoming the firstborn from the dead. Revelation 1, 4-6 says, John, to the seven churches in Asia, grace and peace to you from the one who is, who was, and who is coming, from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, the glory and dominion are his forever and ever. Amen. Jesus initiates not only creation, but he initiates the aids of redemption. He paid the price for the sins of believers to be redeemed from the consequences of sin. The debt of sin has been paid off. Permanent separation from God at death, that's, been, that's no longer a punishment for those who know Christ. His resurrection sets the stage for resurrection of believers. Richard Mellick writes this as well. Jesus entered the world of sinners, endured their punishment, and rose victorious with the power of the Spirit. We now have a resurrection existence to enter into the presence of God at death, redeemed by the blood of Christ, and with a resurrected body to come at Christ's second coming. Christ now has first place in everything as he ties both creation with redemption. A physical body and then to come a resurrected one because of what he has done. The love of God for mankind is fulfilled through Christ Jesus. Verse 19 and 20, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. God's complete fullness dwelt in Jesus. In other words, the full measure of deity was in Jesus. Jesus was completely God. Everything that God is, Jesus is, as Richard Mellick tells us. God is more than Jesus. Is. God is the Father, Son, and Spirit. Jesus is one aspect of God, but every bit God. God took human form in Jesus. No human can make himself God. We can't do that. But he made himself human. God was pleased to place his fullness in Jesus to accomplish the forgiveness of sins. That God and Jesus were all in complete harmony through that process. The world was touched by sin and out of balance. It needed to be returned to, by Christ, making peace 
to the blood he shed on the cross at Calvary. The war for the souls of humans is over. It is reconciled by the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. Now the heated battles are still going on, but the war was won. And both earthly and spiritual worlds are reconciled through Christ who bridged the sin gap and has set the stage. God will be given all of creation because of the redemptive work of Christ. Sin no more will separate. 1 Corinthians 15.20 says, But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward all his coming, those who belong to Christ, then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, when he abolishes all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be abolished is death. For God has put everything under his feet, but when it says everything is put under him, it is obvious that he who puts everything under him is the exception. And when everything is subject to Christ, then the Son himself will also be subject to the one who subjected everything to him, so that God may be all in all. Christ makes right what has gone wrong, and will turn over this properly arranged universe to God, who will glorify in all of it. He'll be glorified in all of it. Of course, for humanity, this reconciliation to God through Christ is voluntary. God was willing to reconcile humanity, but humanity must be willing to be reconciled. Spiritual beings who fell away from God do not have that choice as they fell away while knowing God and will be cast into the lake of fire that was reserved for them and for them only and was not meant for humanity, but an unrepentant human will not have another place to go. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be to God, who always puts us on display in Christ, and through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him to every place. For to God we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To some we are the aroma of death leading to death, but to others an aroma of life leading to life. And who is competent for this? Those who respond to the voice of Jesus are reconciled to him and brought into a relationship of grace and blessing. All will be reconciled to Christ in the sense that either it is to eternal life or eternal punishment. Peace is made through the blood shed by Christ on the cross. This is now a gift of God through the sacrifice of Christ. All we need to do is reach out and accept that free gift that cost God his son. A reconciliation of peace to the heart of the believer, an assurance of salvation through the Spirit of God, all available to us. I hope you have gained from this study in Season 3 in the Book of Colossians. I hope if you have not done so that you will reach out and accept the grace of God and ask Jesus into your life. Repent and let God give you the peace of reconciliation. 
In this next episode, 4, we will review the salvation of the Colossians. God bless you today, and I encourage you to spend time in God's Word. Biblical Tapestry has a Facebook and Instagram page, and I encourage you to please like and share this podcast you have gained from this study. God bless, and I pray that you are well.